0: Love Talk Radio. topics sometimes and today we have I think a, a difficult topic, a hopeful topic and um, a, a very apropos topic. In this day and age it's hard to pick up a newspaper, watch a newscast, you know scroll the internet without seeing one story after another about some young girl who's been sexually assaulted and then basically um, made ashamed and blamed. And slut shamed, and everything else that you want to, every other adjective you want to apply to that, uh, where she has, her experience has been trivialized, and she has been um, uh, shamed and uh, uh, held accountable for that. It seems to happen with regularity, and it's disturbing. It's disturbing to anyone who's a parent. It's disturbing to anyone to whom that has happened. It's disturbing as a member of our culture that this can still happen in 2016. Um, I'm older than dirt, and when I was a girl, it happened routinely. Um, And I would have thought that we had grown, but sometimes I wonder. We have three ladies with us today that have uh, experienced and know exactly what I'm talking about, and they're here to share not only what happened to them, but then how they have grasped that experience, made it their own, grown from it, and helped us as a society to deal with it as well. So, Jada, thank you for being with us. Thank you. And Delaney, thank you for being with us. yeah, thank you and Daisy, thank you
1: yeah, of course,
2: thank you for having us
0: great and um uh, delaney henderson and um w- w- you are kind of taking the bull by the horns uh you're at least you're the person that I contacted and was put in touch with first to talk about this topic. Each of you experienced trauma, and each of you has made the world a better place because of it. I want to talk about, briefly, we don't want to, uh, we were talking off air, and we don't want to make this show about nothing but relating individual traumas. We can certainly do that, but this story is bigger than that, and it has a farther-reaching impact than that. But let's start out and make that our our base here. Delaney, what, what is this all about? What are we talking about when we're saying the trauma Um, Well, I was
3: sexually assaulted when I was 16 years old by two boys that went to my private Catholic high school, and um, it basically changed the course of my life forever, and I started um, really wanting to reach out to other survivors, so I started started to reach out to a girl named Audrey, and my dad told me that I couldn't because she had um, sadly committed suicide, so then I oh. found out about Daisy Coleman, and I reached out to Daisy, and from there we've kind of taken off, and we've tried, started to start like kind of a survivor network type thing so others can show, share their stories with us.
0: Now, geographically, you're in different states, right?
3: Um, right now we're not, but geographically we live in all three in different states,
0: yes. Yeah, when you, when this uh, alliance formed, you were in different states. So uh, yes. the point that I'm trying to make with that is that this happens everywhere. This happens everywhere. This yes. is not a Southern California phenomenon or a rural Ohio phenomenon. This happens everywhere. And I think probably one of the most notorious um, situations happened in Ohio a couple of years ago where a football squad assaulted a girl and took video, and the video went viral, and uh, they were charged and um, with rape and assault. And the entire community, they were big big men on campus in their little local high school, and the entire community rallied around these football players and did everything they could to discredit the, girls, the girl who had been assaulted. I think that that particular situation kind of caught the news media's attention, and so uh, many people around the country were familiar with that. But I think what a lot of people don't understand is that was just one story, just one place, but the same scenario is playing out all over the country. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and I think that um, sometimes we uh, tend to see something in the news, we think it's unique, that it doesn't happen everywhere else, and that that's the only thing that, that You know, the only place where something is wrong is in this little community in Ohio. But as you three girls pointed out, it's wrong all over the place. So, Jada, do you want to just briefly tell us how you met Delaney?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I met Delaney and Ella and Daisy in Washington, D.C., where we all first met up and shared our stories in person, which we all knew really nothing about.
0: Okay, all right, and um, so Delaney, who took the bull by the horns here? Who was the one who reached out? You said you reached out or tried to reach out to Audrey, um, and um, the, you know who who, took, who who decided it was a good idea to reach out to other girls who are in the same situation.
3: Um, I mean, we kind of all did together. I, I mean, I was. It just ha- so happened that it. Like, I was the first one out of the four of us to um, be sexually assaulted. So, I mean, I went through it first, and then after that I thought that I was the only one, and I started realizing that I wasn't so – that's kind of how it trickled down, and I reached out to um, Daisy Coleman. And then after that, you know, we found Jada, and I had known Ella already, and we kind of all together made it a collective to just kind of start reaching out to others and um, change this culture. So, yeah.
0: Okay, so any sexual assault is traumatic. A sexual assault where no one believes you or you're discredited has to be worse. I don't know that, and, and I'm very grateful that I don't know that personally, but it, it just makes sense that if if you are not believed or if you are blamed for what happened to you, it has to be worse. Am I right, Daisy? What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I just think that the um traumatic events, you know, they already have you kind of rip clean of who you already were and you're already going through all this trauma and then to add on top of it all these people victim blaming you and slut shaming you for what you went through just makes it all 10 times worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it ha- I I you know, my heart goes out to you. Let's let's talk about the film because I uh, was privileged to see the film earlier this week, and I spoke with Delaney, and I said it brought me to tears. I was in tears watching that film, just thinking about what you girls went through makes me want to cry right this minute. Um, and especially you, Daisy, I must say, especially you, because when you the film starts out, you are so uh, you're kind of like the epitome of the American girl. And then to see you go through the pain and, and you know, what you went through in that film um, is crushing. But it's necessary for us to see it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's also awesome to just see someone
2: um, who is, as we said, the, you know, the American girl and who is, you know, the cheerleader in high school and happy and has a lot of friends. And then all of a sudden goes, to um, not knowing any of that at all because all of that has been stripped away from them.
0: Okay. What did you? How did your families react? Were your families always supportive, or did your families um, um, doubt, or did they buy into any of the the shaming that was going on for you guys? How? Because it, it, it's hard for a family. It's hard, you know, um, uh, because you're dealing with your own part of this as well. So Delaney, in your family, did you always have a hundred percent support from your family, or were there tough times there?
3: Um, I mean, my family didn't find out right away, so um, it was kind of hard for them when they did find out because it wasn't me that told them. Um, but I mean, yeah, they've always been kind of supportive. But it, you know, this doesn't just happen to the victim of the crime. This happens to the victim's families as well, and I think that that's something that, you know, you get a little bit about you know, a little bit of history about in the movie, but really like it doesn't hit as hard as, you know, what my family went through and what, you know, Jada's family went through and Daisy's too. So it's definitely important to recognize that, you know, my family completely fell apart from this. They, you know, went to hell and back and they're still struggling. My parents almost got divorced. I mean, financially it crushed us. Like it's definitely been hard, but, you know, for the longest time, they've always supported me with anything. So this was no different.
0: Now, Delaney, you took an aggressive stance of, uh, legally. You, am I right uh, on that? I mean, you you said uh-uh and uh, did what you could legally. Is that? Am I interpreting that correctly?
3: Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't really like. I'm not really in charge of you know whether or not charges are pressed or anything like that. So um, legally, like you know, it's um, it was all criminal trials. So it wasn't you know, like I had much control. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm heading on to my fourth trial right now for a rap song. So, I mean, definitely I'm the most experienced in the court side of things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, justice was made through that experience.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, we keep talking about the movie, and the movie is called Audrey and Daisy. It came out not too long ago, although it wasn't – well, tell me the history of the movie. How did it come about? And um, Delaney, do you want to do that? Or Jada, who who wants to tell me about how how the movie came about?
2: Well, this this is Daisy. Um, The film directories originally came to me to um, make a film about how sexual assault and um, cyberbullying plays into high school and high schoolers. So... um, After I decided to go ahead and go through with the film, which was after I heard about Audrey's awful and traumatic story, um, I decided to really hit home with this. And um, it was actually the first time that I met Delaney and Jada, which you see in the end of the film where we're meeting for um, PAVE and starting our, you know, career of activism that – I um, I really kind of pushed for the filmmakers to get these girls into the film too because I felt it was really important that we developed a source of survivor solidarity and a survivor network.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that term, survivor solidarity. Um okay and I'm I hesitant because I'm writing it down I I don't want to forget that term. Um okay so why did who started the film? Who wanted to do this film and why did they contact you?
2: Uh, it was John and Bonnie Cohen. They're from uh, the San Francisco, California area and the reason they chose to do this film was not only because they're both a um married couple and have children and are experiencing, um, you know, their own ways of learning about social media and how it can affect high schoolers and so on and so forth. But um, they're also kind of in partnership with this group called Teachers Without Violence um, who work specifically against sexual violence against women in our nation. So after hearing, you know, about Audrey's story, which is kind of in their backyard, they started looking at teenage girls who are speaking out publicly about their own perpetrators and their own stories. And there's, as you know, very few of us who choose to speak out non-anonymously about our stories, and I just so happen to be one of the only ones that they could come in contact with. So we basically went from there.
0: Okay. All right. And then you put them on to Delaney and Jada. Yes. Yeah, okay, terrific. Let's talk a little bit about the movie. Um, I was extremely moved by the movie. It is available on uh, Netflix at this point. Where else is it available?
2: Uh, it's also available on Film Sprout if someone wants to do an educational screen. Other than that, it's just Netflix as of right now. I'm pretty certain you can buy um, a hard copy from, like, the uh, – the producers and so on and so forth themselves. But other than that, all rights are owned by
0: Netflix. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So I watched this movie, and I was stunned by it. It was extremely well done. I mean, besides the story and the information being... Uh, very impactful it was also uh, just very well put together it's not uh, an an amateur film by any extent uh, by any uh, definition and I think it really exposes this problem in a personal way that's my opinion of it Um, if somebody wants to see the film right now is Netflix their only option
2: that, unless their community sets up a, um educational screening through Film Sprout.
0: Okay. Okay, and what's the website? Where can people get information on that? We'll repeat this at the end, but I want to do it right now as well. Uh, Delaney? I'm
2: not certain on the exact website for Film Sprout, so.
0: Okay, well, we'll get that can we get that before the end of the show where we can refer people to a website um where they can yeah. learn more about the film okay all right so the film is called Audrey and Daisy and as uh Delaney mentioned Audrey also experienced domestic uh, or uh, experienced sexual assault uh and she did commit suicide her mother is in the film uh as well and uh she you know it 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 you c- you can't help but be moved by that What's happening legally with all of these cases? Daisy, And your, I believe the charges were dropped against the uh, men who assaulted you. Was that, am I correct in that?
2: Yes, those cases are closed. The only case that is still open right now is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Jada just recently went through a couple of trials, and Delaney is finishing up her trials with, um, the threats that were made to her in a rap song, as she mentioned before.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Jada, you're still in in uh, going through trials and everything. What what have been have any of your the what's what's happened legally in, with your case, Jada?
1: Um. So the guy that um, who was charged with child pornography, his case was dropped. But the guy who was um, charged with two um, counts of sexual assault, were still going through. Charles with him
0: mm-hmm. so. it happens so frequently that these charges are dropped um i it's hard for us to understand that i think when we've not been involved in this um but it it's it's tough um to see charges dropped um and well it's
3: really rare that uh, it even gets to a court system either way so when they're dropped like it's not you know, it's because there's lack of evidence. Because you know, hardly anybody report right away, especially.
0: Well, and, and sexual assault usually isn't done with a crowd of people who are willing to step up and say, "Whoa, I saw that. That was bad. I want to, I want to uh, turn on my buddies here." Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, a a crime that is very difficult to prove under the best of circumstances. Um, talk a little bit. Uh, Jada and Daisy, about how you felt when those charges were dropped. How did that add to your experience or take away from your experience on this?
2: Uh, So when the charges were dropped for me, it was really early on in my um, case, and it had only been about three months after I went ahead and went in and made a report. So after my charges were dropped, it was really... um, dismantling to say so the least because it felt like um, it was proven that you know I wasn't like the one who was being truthful which when there was plenty of evidence to go ahead with a conviction
0: Mm -hmm. so did you did that and I want to use the word recovery I don't know if that's the appropriate word but um, whenever we go through something we have to learn to live with it And whatever terminology you want to apply to that learning to live with it, did that hinder that process for you? Did that make it stretch out that process for you? What What did the dropping of those charges mean for your particular future?
2: If anything, at the time I didn't feel like it was hindering my recovery process, but now that I look back at it, I'm glad it did because it metaphorically, literally you know, um, lit a fire underneath me and it made me so outraged that I decided that I didn't want this to happen to anyone else and that I was going to start, you know, advocating for people who are going through similar things as me.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm glad you did. If you'd like to call in and join our conversation or ask these young ladies uh, a question about um, their experiences or about what they have done about it since, which I think is uh equally significant uh, in my view, please call us 646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. We also have the chat room open. If you want to just go to the chat room and uh, type in a question or a comment, I'll be happy to share that. All right, so you girls got together and you decided to do something about it. Well, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've met people who got together and decided to do something about it and nothing ever happens. How come you were able to actually make something happen? Because you did. I think
3: because we're so determined and... Yeah, this is me. Sorry, this is Delaney. Um, I think because we're so determined and, you know, this is such a personal topic for us that, you know, we realize that so many people don't speak out and so many people feel like they can't share their story. And we wanted to give those people a sense of justice. So in order to do that, you know, we got to, We had to go full force with this. There was no, you know, well, we can kind of do it sometimes and then, you know, speak to schools sometimes. Like, no, like we've made a collective decision that this is what we want to do because we want to help other people. So there was no, like, you know, even discussion about it because we're so passionate and this is such a personal topic for us. So I think that, you know, there was never a time where, you know, we really – thought that this was going to be something that was just going to kind of disappear like we decided that this is what we want and we want to make up until that happens
0: okay and so when uh, but here again brings in family support um uh, i i would assume that your families had to help you with this i mean most teenagers can't just pick up and fly to washington dc and things like that i mean what kind of support did you have from your families
3: Um, I think that, you know, we all were lucky and had very supportive families, but, you know, we've, we've done this on our own. Like we, you know, we've had our families cheering us on, you know, but we started this organization and we thrived because of, you know, our will to do it and our will to kind of dominate this culture and destroy it once and for all and change it. So I think that, you know, our family have definitely been the best, you know, cheerleaders and helping us on the dark times. And we don't feel like, you know, doing this anymore or that we can, but. Ultimately, it's been our own will that has gotten us to the point of where we're at now.
0: Okay. And you said where you started this organization, um, and I think I was thinking mostly of emotional support and financing, <laughs> not you know, I mean, I, I didn't mean to take anything away from your, your drive and, and your um, hard work here. Um, you talked about the organization that you started the organization. Tell us about that then the name of the organization
3: um, so, is yeah our organization is called Safe Bay and it's um basically stands for you know before anyone or anything else and we kind of taken the stance of fighting and combat um combating rape culture and how you know revictimization is such a you know thing that nobody talks about and it's always the victim's fault and we want to kind of change that perspective in the world society and in order to do that, we knew we had to create, you know, a foundation to provide education for kids. Um, we uh, we kind of go to schools and, like, speak with students about, you know, their rights under Title IX and um, how, you know, your school is responsible to protect you and how, you know, you have every right to stand up and say something It's, you know, you see something happening and You know, that, you know, if if you see, you know, bullying happen on campus, you have every right to say something and your school is obligated to protect you. And especially if there's bullying policies, like your school needs to enforce those. So that's something we're very passionate about is, you know, providing education to students about how to kind of abolish bullying and, you know, in any circumstance, whether it's revolving sexual assault or not. Um, but especially revolving, you know, after incidences where, you know, a high school party and, you know, a girl is sexually assaulted. And, you know, there's too many times where, you know, it's a small town or a small community and people grow up in these towns and they don't want to believe that this man or this guy you know, sexually assaulted a girl, and, you know, they don't want to believe that. They'd rather easily believe that this girl's lying. So we want to change that, kind of change that perspective to, you know, a very um, uplifting for the victim and the survivor in this story because we want, you know, we want be- these survivors to know that they're believed and that we're, support- we're supporting them and that they're not alone in this.
0: When you're talking about um, the, the re victimization and the victims not being believed, that's not a new phenomenon. That's been, you know, probably since Adam and Eve were, you know, were the first folks or whatever, if you believe that one. But it seems to me that it's been forever that in sexual assault, it's the victim who is on trial, it's the victim who has to prove she's right, it's the victim, victim, victim. I would have thought that had changed, but it doesn't sound to me, based on your experiences and based on the film, that it has changed. What strategies are you guys using to try and get that to change? Is that a, 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 an obscure question? Is that a hard one to, to so, address? <laughs> you, you can tell so, me if um, it is. <laughs> yeah. so, so one
2: of- things that we did last December when we decided to come together and officially make Safe Bay our own organization is we made these wonderful educational videos that people can show in their schools and it talks about some of the myths and facts about um, rape culture and sexual violence amongst teens in the U.S. and it's a an actual fact that only 98 percent of the women who come forward and tell their stories are telling the truth. So that's a little 2% of women who aren't being factual about their assault or rape. And so we like to really um, smash those myths that so many people are making and um, just how a lot of victims, why they don't report. And we want to shed light on why this is still going on.
0: When you girls seem to have um, really taken the bull by the horns here and said, you know what, this happened to me, and just, you know, if if somebody crashes into my car, even if they crash into it on purpose, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to say, hey, somebody crashed into my car. But when we come to the the kind of personal assault that rape is, we, for some reason, women have the message that it's either going to be disbelieved or it's going to be too painful for them to bring it forward? Why don't women want to report?
3: Because it's hard to believe. I mean, it's hard to believe that that type of situation is, really happening. I mean, I think that women are women and men, it's not just happening to women, it's happening to men. It's even um, a less percentage of men reporting their sexual assault to police, and it's heartbreaking. And I think that's because the stigma around sexual assault is so you know, negative and People are afraid of, you know, what happened to us from happening to them. You know, I mean, they see our cases on this TV and they're thinking, oh, my God, my entire community is going to turn against me. They're going to, you know, hate me. They're going to think I'm lying. They're going to, you know, I'm going to lose everyone. I mean, they're afraid. They're truly afraid. And I think that until that, you know, we, till we build that, you know, kind of connection between all survivors and kind of develop this, you know, educational program where we provide the tools for these students to know how to react when someone you know, um, confesses to them that this happened or that they know someone that this happened to. I think that until students learn the ways of how to react and how to, you know, believe these survivors, that's when we'll be able to stop this. And hopefully the rates for reporting will go up for both men and women.
0: The um, we talk about being believed, but, um, there's a difference between being believed and being able to prosecute somebody as you girls have, have discovered, um, I think that, just speaking as an ordinary person, we tend to believe, well, if if somebody does something wrong and they go to court and they're found guilty, then they did it wrong. But if they didn't go to, if they weren't found guilty, I think we automatically assume then that means they didn't do it. But that's not necessarily true. Would you agree with that? Yeah,
3: I mean, our courts, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, in my case, you know, one of the charges against my perpetrator was rape of an intoxicated person. Uh, for the other girl that was a victim of him. And, you know, um, it, the jury, there was only one person who wasn't sure if that was true, so she put not guilty. But she even told uh, the prosecutor afterwards, you know, the only reason I put that is because when I was four, or 15, I had an 18-year-old boyfriend. So I'm not sure about, like, the situation as much and whatever. But 11 other jurors believed that that's what happened. So it's not necessarily you know, the best court system that we have. I think that we have a lot to develop in it to make it as strong as it, you know, it could be. But, you know, it's what we've got right now. And it's, it's hard because just because someone's found not guilty doesn't mean that they didn't do it. And I think that's the hardest job for prosecutors as well is because they want so bad to provide justice for a survivor. But really, I think it's the best thing to recognize when, you know, if you're a survivor and you report it to the police, that's, the, all, that's all you can do then it's out of your hands. Then it's, you know, then that's the job and that's the, you know, fate of him is not up to you. It's not your fault that he wasn't convicted of a crime. It's not your fault that, you know, that they dropped the charges. You've done all you can do and you have to move on with your life from there because, you know, even if you couldn't stop him from happening to somebody else like that, you've done everything that you can possibly do just by reporting it or just by helping yourself first.
0: In the movie daisy um, I, I, your charge the charges were dropped against um your uh, attackers um, and I think it's easy to look at that movie and really dislike the sheriff um, at least it was for me. But I also know a little bit about I, I used to work in a court system uh, long ago, and I realized that you know just because it's easy to dislike him doesn't necessarily mean he was wrong in what he was saying. What was your feeling uh, about I mean, did you just hate this guy, or what, what what was your feeling how 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 did you adjust to that?
1: I'm
0: sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> I feel like I'm asking questions that are not uh, necessarily pretty good ones right now. Um, when we see the sheriff. Could in you just the film,
3: rephrase it? I think she was just confused by your question, that's all.
0: Okay. Um, it's easy to dislike that sheriff. It's easy to say, well, you know, he, that he's, uh, you know, you don't like his attitude and he's kind of blowing it off. But at the same um at the same time, knowing the court system than what is required, um, I, I think that it's, I, it, it's a little bit more understandable, you know but my gut reaction to that guy was, you know, that he was a jerk. That was my gut reaction. Did you have personal feelings like that when the charges were dropped?
2: My personal feelings towards the sheriff, I'll keep to myself because I think both of his daughters are very lovely women and I hope nothing like this ever happens to them. But um, to say that a lot of the things that he was saying weren't incorrect is a little
3: um, off the wall there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I I met from a a legal standpoint, I met from a legal standpoint. that's, That's what I'm referring to a legal standpoint. There was very, very overwhelming evidence in Daisy's case. So Um, I can say my opinion. I don't agree with his, you know, decision on this matter and the stance that he took. I think he definitely didn't have the knowledge provided to him. If that's, you know, his stance and what his beliefs are, I think that he needs to really educate himself. But I think um, on a legal standpoint, I think I'm the most um, credible to – say this I think there was more than enough evidence to prosecute the boys and that proved Daisy's case and I think that the fact that it was dropped was just because of corruption and you know whatever matters you know involved but just I mean it's, the evidence is shown on the movie and I think that that's really important you know to provide that those those sheriff and that you know prosecution had that evidence as well and that was more than enough in my opinion.
1: Especially considering
3: since one of the boys even admitted to um, filming
2: the act. You know, there's nothing more than you can get there than someone pleading guilty to an act of crime.
0: Yeah. Um, What we're talking about in the the film is um, there was supposedly video of this assault, and then all of a sudden the video was erased, and nobody could find the video, and yet it it was just really... um, you know when you watch the film it's just like you, you don't believe you you know you don't you don't really believe this guy you don't really believe it and you really do get the impression that um it, again it, it kind of snapped me back to the little town in Ohio where it's like well these are our boys and we're not going to let this silly girl ruin their lives um that was my gut reaction to that um, but as i said i also know that sometimes legally you know uh, there there are all sorts of ins and outs and that sometimes they don't make sense to those of us who don't, you know, uh, who are intimately involved in that. But what's down the road for you girls? What's, what's going to be, what's the future for you? Daisy, let's start with you.
2: Well, I think there is a lot of activism in my future with PAFE safe bay right now um and i think that i have quite a busy future ahead of me considering that i'm tattooing all the time and that i'm a college wrestler so i will leave it at that
0: well, and I—I'll tell you—you—you you, you did good work on the, on the tattoos. I was—I <laughs> have some tattoos, so I'm—I was looking at your work, going, "Oh, okay, she knows what she's doing here." Um, okay, so you're going to continue working with Safe Bay, uh, B-A-E. It's S-A-F-E B-A-E is the website, and it's a dot .org. Am I right? Yes, it's a dot
2: .org.
0: Okay, great. Um, certainly, this. You, you four girls are not the only ones this has happened to in this world. Um, if somebody wanted to join your organization, if somebody wanted to participate, what can they do?
3: Um, you can go to our website www.safebay.org, and quad, or you can you know find educational you know curriculum on that and there's, we have also created an educational video series as Daisy mentioned. <laughs> And if you just request that video series, you can do a presentation at your school. You can talk to your school about bringing us to speak at your school, like we are now. We're on a tour. So um, there's many ways to be involved. Um, Daisy and I, you know, safety as a whole, have um, our own support page that survivors can log on to and share their stories with other, you know, survivors and get, you know, kind of um, a, a lot of support behind that, which we've been very successful with. So there's definitely many ways to be involved, and I think that... Um, it's only going to go up from here.
0: Okay, so what's in your future? Um, uh, De- uh, Delaney, what's in your future? What are you going to be doing? Is this going to be your career for life, or is this something you're doing right now?
3: Um, th- yeah, this is definitely um, what I'm going to be focusing on right now. I mean, I this is something I'm very passionate about, I mean, especially given my current situation. So I think that um, there's so many you know, opportunities to change the rape culture right now, since it's so widely talked about. I mean, even in our pre- presidential campaign, it's being talked about. So it's, it's right now, and it's right now to change the culture and just change the stigma. So I think that it's really important that, you know, we, both, we all four, you know, hit this head on right now. I mean, we're not in it for any other reason than changing the culture. There's no benefit in it for us. But if we have to share our stories a thousand times, then that's what we have to do in order to change this, you know, society.
0: Does sharing your story make you stronger, or does it chip away at you every single time?
3: Um, it definitely takes a toll. It it doesn't get easier sharing our story. I think, you know, even – I I mean, I could be wrong, but I think Jada agrees. It's not – there's no – Um, there wasn't ever, like, a hill that I climbed and came over the top, and I was like, okay, it's so much easier to talk about my story now. Like, it's not. It's definitely – You know, it doesn't get easier. I still get choked up at certain moments when I tell my story. But, um, again, in the end, it's worth it if I see one girl coming up to me. You know, like the other day we um, talked at a college and a girl came up to me and just completely collapsed, you know, and was crying and saying thank you so much. I, I feel like I have a voice now. And that to me, like even if that was the only girl that I, like, provided that voice to in this whole experience, that to me is worth it. So if I talk to a million people and share a million times and I change one person's perspective, that's going to be worth it for me. Mm-hmm.
0: We talk about the word empowering so much it's overused, but the sense that I get from you ladies is that um, this experience is empowering you to um, make this, rather than something that somebody did to you, making it into something that happened to you. Does, does that make sense?
3: Um, kind of, (laughs) I think that it's very important to, um, know that that I, like I, I, if you're trying to say that like, you know, this isn't who you are and this isn't who's going to, this person that you are now is not going to be the person you're going to be the rest of your life. If you're in a dark place, I think that it definitely took, um, me a long time to kind of figure out who I was because for all of us, this happened at a moment in our life where it was the time that we were discovering ourselves, the time that we were finding our true identity and who we wanted to be. So we kind of lost that opportunity to experiment and try to figure out what we wanted in our life. So I think that, you know, After, you know, we kind of went through our trials and went through our dark times and came up on the other side that we've kind of realized that we need to find that identity again. So, you know, we have no idea what the future holds for us, but we know that we want to help people because we know what it's like to be on the bottom of things. And I think that it's important to remember to, you know, others and to us especially, like, to spread the knowledge of, that this is only something that happened to you. This is just a bump in your road, and you have the rest of your life to do other things and to never talk about it again if you want. But as long as you start talking about it now and you talk to a counselor or a friend, that's crucial because burying it down deep inside, I, for one, can tell you that that is not the way to go. So I think that that's very important to know.
0: And I would assume you agree with that, Daisy? Um, I think Daisy...
3: Actually, she's having a little trouble with her phone right now. I'm not sure what's oh, Okay, what. so wrong um, is it.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Gone, okay, well, um, Jada, would you agree with what Delaney just said about, uh, the ten, you know, burying it is not the way to, to go, that that's not going to be helpful to you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Talking about it um, helped me more than holding it in. It just made me angrier. So there yeah, go. Okay.
0: Okay. How long ago did this happen to each of you?
3: Um, it's going to be six years next June for me.
0: Okay. And and it was four years Jada? ago for Daisy. Okay. Um, I'm um, 16 and I'm
1: 19 now, so yeah. three years ago.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you're talking a years-long process, but look what you girls have accomplished in those years. Um, you have... Not only created an organization and created media and gotten the word out, you've also probably changed more than that one girl's life. Um, Jada, where where's your future going to take you?
1: Um, right now, I am doing. Uh, I'm running my own hair company, and uh, I'm a hairstylist. But also, I'm a full time student, and I am speaking out every chance I have. And just doing what
0: I was doing before and, you know. Yeah. Well, you're not doing just what you were doing before. You're doing a lot more. <laughs> um, uh, what about your families at this point? Do you have a lot of family support? And uh, what about relationships? Is it hard for you to establish relationships, not only because of your experience but because of your busy schedules? Delaney?
3: Um, for me, I don't have any relationships. I don't have time for relationships, so,
0: yeah. Okay, so that's Um, down the
1: road. For me, I'm still in the same relationship that I was in before when the situation happened, so.
0: Okay, all right. Are you feeling emotionally solid right now, or do you feel like you are fragile? How do you feel emotionally at this point? I don't know about you girls, but sometimes when something happens to me, and I kind of kick into action. Sometimes it helps, but sometimes it just covers up what I'm really feeling. Can you relate to either, either of you relate to anything like that? Um, I think,
3: yeah, I mean, I think we have our ups and downs. I think we have our dark days, and you know, I think we're like everyone else. We're not completely healed yet, but I mean, we're on the road to it. So I think that it just kind of depends on the day and depends on the situation. You know, I'm still going through a trial, and Jada's dealing with her court stuff too, so it's definitely not like we can just kind of forget about it. So I think that it definitely is, um, every day is different. So we're still on the road to recovery though.
0: Good. Um, and it sounds like being on the road, um, you know, with education and everything is, is helpful to you. At least that's what I'm hearing. Um Delaney, we've talked a little bit, uh, we've alluded to this trial that's still going on with the rap song. Can you explain that to our listeners?
3: Uh, yeah, so um, basically what it is, sorry, I was having a little trouble with my phone, but basically what it was was about three years ago there was a rap song written about me um, and the other victim in, our, in my case that was Guy's aunt. They, um, their best friend wrote a rap song and published it online, and it was downloaded at, on to 22,000 times on the Internet, and um, it threatened our lives. It basically called us snitches and, you know, every cruel word in the book, and it basically right now is being cr- prosecuted for two felonies of threatening the victim of a crime.
0: So. and that's not you that's doing that that's uh, you know I'm not a prosecutor <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Prosecutor. I just wanted to be there it's not my decision it's
3: not yeah
0: Yeah. so uh, and that's coming that trial's coming up uh, um, uh, do you have to testify at that
3: uh, yes I do it's in January and yes I have to testify
0: Okay. So that's that's tough. I think it sounds to me like part of what makes this so difficult is that it just doesn't ever go away. At least it seems that way. Um, am, am I right about that?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been five years and it's still kind of hindering me on top of the fact that this song literally, like, scared the living hell out of me. I mean, I... Um, would have days where I would, you know, not come out of my room because I thought that I was going to walk in front of my, you know, window and be shot. Um, I mean, I didn't leave my parents' house for weeks because I thought that I was literally being hunted down. So it definitely didn't give me a chance to move on after I went away to college. It definitely brought me back to a dark place, and um, I mean, I still live in fear. I'm still scared, but you know, I'm kind of, I'm working with a counselor and everything, so it's definitely getting better and. Um, time, of course, is helping, but overall, like I think, it's definitely hard to move on from a situation when you're still wrapped up in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, if what advice would you have for a young woman who is facing, or, or an old woman for that matter, who is facing what you girls faced? Um, if I, if this happened to me when I walked out the door tomorrow, what would you tell me to do?
3: Um, I mean. That's a really hard question because, you know, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's going through something different. I mean, we'd ha- we've had people contact us who say that it almost happened to them and they've been traumatized as well. Like it, they didn't even have to go through, you know, being sexually assaulted, but, you know, some guy attempted to do it or something. So I think that it's really, you know, everybody's story is different. But um, in the big picture, I think that, you know, for those going through it, um, my best advice would just to be not stay silent. Even if this has been, this has almost happened to you, don't stay silent because sooner or later it's going to happen to somebody, you know, whether it's, you know, hopefully it's not you, but you know, it's, it's going to happen to somebody and that you don't want to, um, live with that guilt, even though it's not your fault. I know what it's like to live with that guilt and it's, it's awful. So, um, I think that it's also important to recognize that, Finding justice, and I think that this is something that not a lot of people really realize, is finding justice doesn't mean reporting your sexual assault to the police and then prosecuting and then convicting the guy and sending him away for years in jail. That's not justice. That's that's a completely different kind of justice. I think that it's very important to understand that justice can be found in your own way and your own time limit as well. Like, there's no limit saying that if you, you know, can't get over this within three years that, you know, you're going to live the rest of your life thinking about this. That's not that's not true at all. You are in control of your justice. And if justice to you means just by forgiving him or forgiving them, even when you're not going to get a sorry, then you should do that. And if justice means that, you know, you just need time to heal before you even report it to the police, then that's okay. And if justice means that you don't want to report it to the police at all and just start activism and You know, do it yourself and not even, you know, talk about it with anybody other than your mom and a counselor, then that's your justice in itself. But just because you don't report a crime like this because you're afraid or you're, you know, scared to talk about it doesn't mean that you can't find justice in your own way.
0: Seems to me sometimes when we talk about what somebody should do, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because as you were talking about, uh, and and very wisely, uh, finding justice in your own way, whether that means you know bringing in the criminal justice system or not, um, we also, uh, I think, we we blame victims if they do report it and accuse them of being liars or suspect them of being liars, but we also then blame them if they don't report it. Are, do you know what I'm saying? Here?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's actually an interesting point you bring up because our fourth actual founder um, of State Bay, her name is Ella, and she's unfortunately not able to make the call. But her story is very different from ours as well in, in the same thing, and that's why I always bring up the whole justice thing because it's very important to recognize, and she's very good at talking about that. But she didn't report her crime to the police. She actually didn't tell anybody for two years that it had happened to her, and she was beaten unconscious and, you know, sexually assaulted. So it's very you know, important to know that, like, you know, it's, it's what I was saying before, justice is found in your own way. And, you know, the fact that, you know, reporting it is looked at, you know, if you don't report the crime, then it didn't really happen to you. I think that's, I mean, I can't really say this on the radio, but I think that's bullshit. And I think that that's, you know, ridiculous, because just because you don't, you know, report a crime to the police doesn't mean that it didn't happen to you. It doesn't mean that the perpetrator who did that to you is innocent. And, you know, just because there's no court system that can, you know, really, even if he's found innocent, like what we were talking about, or even if he's found, excuse me, not guilty, that doesn't mean he's innocent. So I think that's very important to know for anybody out there.
0: Yeah. I would think that, and and this is something that I'm hearing that you have done for yourself, which is we all need support systems. Sometimes they're just there for us, but sometimes we have to create them. And it sounds to me like what you girls have been doing, and it looks like Jada has dropped off as well, what you girls have been doing is creating a support system, not just for yourselves, but for everyone who's been in this situation.
3: Yes, and exactly. That's exactly what we want to do. And the reason why we want to do that is because we got lucky. We had a great support system with our family. But the thing was is that our family, you know, we just got lucky with, you know, our family being able to provide that for us. But we've met so many survivors whose families don't believe them. or So we wanted to create a family of survivors, basically, of, worldwide and create that network that I was talking about, a survivor network to be able to, you know, connect the dots and connect these people to know that they have a support system behind them and to, you know, not feel like so alone if they don't have a family there to provide them that.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it it, it hurts us if those uh, friends and family that we've always had um, don't provide that support for us, but sometimes that happens, um, and we can go on and find others that support us. I know in the film, you know, um, uh, hearing about um, um, uh, the suicide, uh, um, um, it's tough, and I think part of that is because people don't realize that there are others out there who can support them, even if, you know, their immediate support system, their friends or whatever, um, are are not there for them, that there are others. And sometimes, especially when you're young, that's hard to understand. It's hard to know that there will be others out there for you. so and 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 again I'm I'm really throwing in a lot of my own opinions here uh, rather than just asking you yours but that's that's what I see and I think that that's probably what appealed to me so much about what you are doing you girls and your work is that you are providing a support system for people who may or may not have it naturally and and locally and all that kind of stuff or or with the the people that they've had before Things change, and um, it sounds like you're helping people understand that they can change as well and find what they need. So, SafeBay, Bay, S-A-F-E-B-A-E dot org. People can go there and uh, they can get more information.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we do a lot. We do a lot with Safe Bay, and you can find more information on you know my public Facebook page, on my Instagram. Um, you can find it pretty much anywhere that you search me on social media or Daisy or Jada or Ella. Um, We, you know, give out lots of tools and toolkits and activist toolkits if, you know, others want to get involved or others want to share their story. Like we're working on so many projects right now and we need all the help we can get. So um, definitely if anybody out there is listening to go to our website or go to, you know, my Facebook page or or go to the Daisy and Delaney support page if you want to share your story. There's so many ways that you can be involved.
0: Okay, but safebay.org is the place to start. It's the starting point for all of that.
3: Yeah, there's def- there well, there's definitely diff- many ways to find out what we're doing or to get involved. Yes,
0: would be safebay.org. Okay, well, well, give out give out some of those Facebook page names and give out some of the websites that people can go to. Let's let's give people some resources here.
3: Um, okay, well, I mean, there's there's many resources that, you know, if you have a story and you're feeling like you want to share it online and uh, need a platform, we provided this support page with um, a bunch of resources on it as well. We have inspirational, motivating quotes on it. Um, you can find information about Safe Bay and, you know, where we're at, what tours we're on through on my Instagram, which is uh, Laney K with two Ys. And then um, there's safebay.org where you can start your own Safe Bay squad and that, you know, you can basically download the educational video series um, if you request it, and you can start your own, um, you know, kind of club at your school and high school, whether it's high school, middle school, or college. Um, you can request to have us, you know, come to your college or high school and speak. We've been doing that a lot lately, and uh, there's many ways to, you know, kind of find that resource and kind of find, you know, ways to be involved and become an activist yourself, um, there's our support page, which is Daisy and Delaney, you know, um, support. It's a Facebook page. Um, there's my public page where you can find out where we're going to be, what tours we're going to be on, that kind of thing, um, how to contact us, and that's just searching my name on Facebook. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And it's Delaney Henderson, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, just like it sounds. So uh, there's some resources for people. If you um, – if you had one piece of advice for somebody who's going through this, what would it be?
3: Um, for someone going through this, to not stay silent, to speak out. And for someone who's going through this or has knows somebody that's going through this, to start by believing. That's the, the phrase I always live by, is just to start by believing them because that's the first step to helping someone through this.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, when we were talking about, (coughs) excuse me, the 98% uh, of women who say this, uh, they're telling the truth. And I think that, um, you know, too often we use terms like cultural patriarchy, but we do have that. And I think that it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a a go-to place, an unconscious go-to place that women lie. Whether it's in court, whether it's yeah. in divorce, whether it's in rape, whether it's in domestic violence, uh, we we kind of have it nestled somewhere in the back of our ma- minds, even if we're not willing to acknowledge that we have it. That women lie, and
3: mm-hmm. the fact and is, it's sad some women lie. I mean, statistics show that that's not true. Yeah.
0: Right, and the statistics also show that yes, some women lie and some men lie, and it's usually just about the same tiny percentage of, of the population. Yeah. Um but in fact um that you know as you the point you're making that you know believe them whether it's rape whether it's assault whether it's domestic violence if somebody comes to you and and says this to you believe them until you know uh, if for some reason it's proven to you that that's not the case but chances are extremely great that they are telling the truth and so start out by believing and uh, not all of us have all the resources, not all of us have all the information, not all of us have the ability to be as supportive as we could be, but there are organizations out there and people out there like Safe Bay and Delaney Henderson and Jada and Daisy who are working to help people, and so if we can't provide immediate support, we can at least believe them and then help them find the support system that they need. Delaney, I've asked a few questions here and um, I, I see that Jada and, and Daisy have dropped off and I, we did have some uh, phone issues, so I really appreciate their being with us. Final words. Do you have final words about what maybe we should have talked about that we didn't or um, advice? No, I think you
3: really asked all the right questions. I mean, I gave my advice to the survivors and to you know people who might know survivors. I think that You know, just we are the generation, you know, my generation and, you know, the generations in existence right now are the ones that are going to change the future. And I think that that's really important to know that it starts with us. It's not just going to happen on its own. So we need to start by changing the culture and changing society's views on rape culture itself. So I think that's very important to know.
0: And you mentioned something a little earlier that's interesting and that I've noticed as well. This presidential campaign, and God knows we can say whatever we want about this presidential campaign, but the fact that there is a conversation about sexual assault, allegations of sexual assault, potential sexual assault, the fact that there is a conversation in this presidential yeah. campaign, I think, is very, very different from all of the other years that I've seen presidential campaigns. Um, oh, and yeah, it's so, meaning history. It is. It is. And a wonderful gentleman, uh, editor of Voicemail Magazine uh, out of Massachusetts, wrote an article. Uh, He sent me the link for it, and uh, he said that you can say what you want about Donald Trump, but at least he started the conversation, and he's getting men talking about what is appropriate behavior, what is sexual assault, what is inappropriate. And so, you know, um, I was about to say something that was inappropriate, but... uh, at least having the conversation is a starting point delaney thank you so much and thank you to jada thank you to daisy thank you to all of the, the filmmakers i really encourage you to get hold of uh, um, the, the film and uh, uh, you know audrey and daisy and, and it, it is an amazing uh, piece of filmmaking and it's an amazing story and um Delaney, you were instrumental in that as as our um, daisy as is daisy and i'll tell you i just want to go out and adopt both of you <laughs> 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 i just you're and amazing you very women much. i appreciate that you were willing to go into that film and that you were willing to um do the work that you're doing i always end the show with a quote and the quote that i found for today is from um jean McV- McEl- mc McElveney. Um, healing insights effects of abuse for adults abused as children she's an author she said you can recognize survivors of abuse by their courage when silence is so very inviting they step forward and share their truth so others know they aren't alone and i think that that's what you ladies have done and i thank you for that and i wish you all the luck in the world and um, keep keep doing what you're doing
3: Thank you. Thank you you so much, and And thank you so much for having us.
0: Join us next week. We're going to be talking with a woman who represents days for girls. And, yes, it's a show about menstruation and what we're doing about it. So join us next week, and thank you for joining us this week on 3 Women. (music)